This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, friends. Uh, It is good to be back and it is weird to be back um good morning jensa bruce lubna bears and everyone listening on the podcast hopefully you haven't subscribed uh back from what feels like uh, a world ago a lifetime ago um the expected and yet sudden passing of my mother uh it is um you know, I actually realized the other day that um, that this is therapy, um, these sessions in the morning, not just for me, but hopefully for everyone, for you listening. The ability to check in with people that you care about and that care about you and the ability just to, uh, even manifesting, even being able just to talk, uh, good morning, Shadows Pub, the ability to talk to people and not be shamed or ridiculed or or feel too vulnerable, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, We talk about this idea of a safe space. What does it mean? A safe space means um, that you really can say um, what you want to say and know that you will be accepted for it. It's a beautiful thing to know that you're going to be just accepted for what you say. Um, And uh, I must tell you, man, there's so much to talk about. Um, I've definitely experienced a heightened uh, awareness of self, self-awareness over this period of time. Um, I'm det- uh, determined uh, to be a better person. I'm determined 
to be kinder. I'm determined to be more, to give people the benefit of the doubt um, before judging them. Um, you know, it, it's just, it was a massive time for introspection. It was a whirlwind. I mean, I went to bed Tuesday night and Tuesday, the I guess, the 16th. And uh, good morning, Christopher. Welcome back to everyone. Um, maybe you didn't go at all. I, I, I haven't even spoken to anyone. Um, so so hopefully you'll let me know in the chat or you'll come up and let me know, did, did we... Did we have coffee every day? Did we miss Good Morning Praxim? Did we miss anything? Um, hey, Bez. Hey, good morning. Good to have you back. Uh, yes, uh, we did have coffee every day. Amazing. So that's fine. Mm. It makes me feel. But we, it makes me feel so good. Yeah, we. Uh, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing I'm doing okay. You know, I'm um you know, as I was saying, I, I kind of uh I went to bed Tuesday night uh knowing that I was gonna be flying on Thursday to London. Uh my sister's daughter was uh having a bat mitzvah, so my my brother was my brother was already in London. I was flying into London, my sister was there and then we were all going to fly out on Monday. I was going to be in, actually, my sister wasn't initially, but my brother and I were going to fly back, and I was going to spend about three weeks with my mother. Um, and really, you know, this idea of getting to say goodbye. Um, and and then my brother's daughter's bat mitzvah was the 11th and 12th of February. Well, obviously, everything changed. Um, my phone was on silent and somehow, like vibrating, and somehow I woke up, and I saw it was my sister, uh, and I knew immediately that it couldn't be good. Um, I, I I didn't think too much, but I suppose in my mind, or in my mind of minds, I would have been thinking, did my mom, did something happen in the house? Did she have a fall, etc.? cetera? And, uh, and she delivered the news, and she said, um, you know, she said uh, she woke up unresponsive, and uh, and they reckon she had hours left. And uh, you just can never prepare yourself for that moment. You just can't. It's not possible. Um, hours. I think I said, are we sure? Are you sure about it? And they said, absolutely. And um, and then I kind of just, I mean, this was at 3 in the morning, 3.20, she called back to say that she had passed. And um, 5 a.m. I was in the car on the way to the airport, changed flights, um, flew was flying at eight wrote the eulogy at a you know between new york and london and um and then met up with my sister who was actually flying out that night from london and and my best friend he came just for the day just to attend the funeral the jewish custom is to bury as soon as possible um and you know i got into my house my mom's house i mean the house i grew up in at 2 p.m. and left at 3 to the funeral. And uh, and then after the funeral, we got back and uh, we have there's a traditional meal where you have round things signifying circle of life and, and wholeness, bagels, eggs. Um, we had about 30 minutes and then everyone started coming for to the house, which is for the traditional uh, shiva call and prayers. So you can imagine what that day was like. 
um, from Wednesday morning all the way through to Thursday night. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind. But, uh, but I'll tell you, you know, there were just so many, so many things like, like, you know, wanting to get back to work, not for the sake of not, you know, because I want to work, but because I want to make her proud. Because you know, the, I found out that actually in the in the Jewish religion, you are forbidden to mourn excessively during the the eleven month period um, during this time, and after that period of time, you are forbidden to mourn. It is a process that has been built to allow you to mourn, but gradually to get back to life, get back to work, get back to um, to your life. And, you know, when they say, may their memory be a blessing, that's what it really means. It means, you know, it, it, it means that there is a memory, and those memories are thought of fondly. Um, it was so funny. I mean, I was reading, there's a, a Jewish book on mourning, and it talks about the eulogy, and it talks about how, um, you know, you shouldn't uh, exaggerate, you shouldn't make up stuff about the person, um, and then it also talks about um, if you're struggling to find something nice to say about them, just give it time and look deeper and you'll find something. And I thought like those three things could not have been, they didn't apply to me. They didn't apply to my mother. You know, I didn't, uh, no, no exaggeration was, was too great an exaggeration because it was all true. And, um, and it was, there was a lot of, catharsis in the process of being able to come to terms with what had happened seven years of battling cancer and then suddenly it came out of nowhere um, but you know I call today signs because the signs were just all around um, from the heavens opening up in a massive thunder shower the one morning when we were rushing to try and get to synagogue to say the the mourners Kaddish it was my mother saying slow down, like don't freak out, don't be angry, don't, don't panic, do your best. Um, and a thunder, a thunder shower, like five-minute thunder shower in, in Cape Town in summer is unheard of. There were just all these natural signs, wind coming out of nowhere and, and, um, and butterflies, and, and that's what I was talking about, the, the sense of self-awareness things that I would have maybe missed or skipped or not read anything into, but suddenly it was different. And then and then fast forward to this morning, um, I now will be going uh, to services every morning to be able to say that that mourner's Kaddish for her. And I was rushing to get back, and I tripped and fell. Uh, like a bad fall, my phone went flying, um, I've got dirt on my jeans, um, you know, I scraped my hand, um, and but my phone isn't broken. Um, you know, there's no blood, um, and the only thing bruised will, besides maybe part of my hip, will be my ego. And so I thought, well, was that a sign again? Was that a sign that my mother was saying, hey, listen, stop obsessing on this. I told you not to mourn me. I told you not to have to go and show up every morning at, at, at ungodly hours. Or was I just a klutz? Was I just, uh, did I just trip? 
And it's been a funny kind of like reconciliation that sometimes there are signs and we don't see them. This is a big part of the forever changed idea. And sometimes there are no signs. Sometimes it's just dumb luck or bad luck. Um, and I think what I realized is both apply. And maybe both apply equally. And I think it's always good if you can find meaning in everything. If you can find the good in everything, even more so. There's meaning in everything for sure. But if you can find the good in everything, if you can find the element of truth, if you can find the silver lining, your life will be better and everyone else's life will be better. And sometimes you just got to accept the fact, you know what, I was just unlucky. I just tripped. Maybe I tripped because, because there was a little ditch there and I didn't see it. And maybe I didn't see it because I was rushing and maybe I was rushing because I wanted to get back to you. People that are here now, people that are listening. By the way, I just realized I didn't do a poem for today. I got to get back to that. There's a lot of routine that I'm out of that I got that I got to get back into. But that's life, right? The show must go on. Life goes on. And we find a way to we find a way to survive. We find a way to thrive. We find a way we generally do that through each other. It's very, very you know, I was talking I was talking with my rabbi and he said about this idea of excessive mourning. He said also it happened with COVID. People retreated into their homes and they hid away. And when it was time to come out, they stayed hidden. Anything excessive in life is not good, ever. Excessive behavior never works. Everything is about balance. Everything is about being able to find our place in this universe, in this world, find our role, and, and, and have balance and equilibrium. So even this concept of COVID as well, that people have been so uh, traumatized um, that they've been unable to get back into the swing of things. But there's no question that when you have people around you, people that care about you, you're in, such, you're in, you're in a better place. You can only be okay. You can only be okay. And I, you know, like I, I just went through all these experiences now, which is, um, you know, there was, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be like self-righteous and sanctimonious and like there were, you know, like even people said about my mother, you know, she, they, they're like, she never had a bad word to say about anyone. And that's true. But she also liked a, a little bit of gossip every now and then because she was just human. Just a person who doesn't, you know, and, and I think that's the thing is when we give each other um, grace and space, uh, we allow ourselves to not be perfect. Um, we allow ourselves to be flawed and, um, you know, and to recognize that we can't have a good day every day. We can't be magnanimous every day. We can't be generous every day. We can try, but sometimes we are going to be a bit selfish and it is that balance, you know, that I take away, you know, from from all of this. Um, you know, I never essentially said goodbye to her. And and that was hard. It was pretty hard, you know, not to, you know, not to actually come to terms with it in that way. But maybe it was a good thing. Maybe it was a good thing that it's just, you know, until we meet again. 
don't know where, don't know when. Maybe that's the way to just kind of end, which is just to just leave it open and hanging. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it isn't. But will we ever get the opportunity to say everything we wanted to say to the people we cared about? Probably not. And and what do we say in those moments? Like, you know, it almost seems like platitudes. It almost seems like rote. There's there's just no there are no words that, that there are no words that are gonna be magical words. I mean I think actually the only the only tragedy in life is when we don't get when we live this world with regret, relationships that are estranged, um, where we don't get the opportunity to reconcile in time. That to me is the tragedy. And I actually think like there's no there are very few there should be very few cases where it is beyond the pale, where there's no no scenario whatsoever where we can attempt to whether to ask for forgiveness or or reconcile or find a middle ground or attempt to patch up or 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 mend those broken fences. There are some cases um but maybe not many. You know, I, um, you know, obviously my, my faith is, is a huge part of me and who I am. And, um, and I try to find, um, you know, meaning in whatever the, the portion of the, the week was, reading the Torah, you know, the, the Old Testament um, connected to my mom. And, you know, it was interesting because it was just about the three plagues and the whole exodus out of Egypt. And um, and the first thing was, you know, there, there's a, a line that says that basically, you know, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So that Pharaoh actually, in a way, wasn't like it was preordained at that point what he was going to say, how he was going to say it. And, you know, he would have a change of heart every time. And a lot of the commentary talks about, well, you know, everything in life is about free choice. So if God basically stacked the odds and hardened his heart, you know, then then was it in fact fair to blame him? And um, my interpretation, or maybe actually the, one of the interpretations of my build on it was, sometimes it is beyond the pale. Sometimes there is no second chance or third chance or fourth chance. Sometimes it is a bridge what do they call it, too far gone, and there's no coming back. Not all the time, most of the time not, but some of the time. But, but it's, the, it's the huge minority. You've got to be a really, really bad person. You've got to be like consistently just almost not redeemable, though everyone should be. But the, the other thing I took away was, for me, was, you know, Moses... Moses has this, so the, the three plagues and everything, Moses has this moment when, when he's, a, I think, a young boy and Pharaoh gives him a hot coal and says, put it in your mouth. And Moses has two choices at this point. If he doesn't put it in his mouth, because who in their right mind would put a hot coal in their mouth? Um, if he doesn't do that, he's going to be killed because he has the sense to you know, to not do something and take an order. And if he does put it in, then, which he does, 
it ends up giving him a speech impediment, a stutter, a speech impediment, and he gets ridiculed for it. Simple, what an idiot, what a simpleton, you know, um, that he would do something so stupid. He's clearly not going to be a threat. You know, my mother was born hard of hearing, deaf, probably certified deaf, 60 to 80% deaf in both ears. She later would have a robbery in a coin shop uh, and the gun went off of the uh, the robber by accident, but very close to her ear and that took her the, her hearing to like almost 80 to 90% in both ears. She was hard of hearing. She was ridiculed at school. She was mocked. She was teased. She was thought of as, as handicapped, you know, um, my mother made it. My mother rose up to be a leader, in this case, just like Moses. And Pharaoh underestimated Moses. The world underestimated my mother. Underestimate the underdog at your peril. Underestimate the challenger at your peril. Prejudge someone at your peril. This is what I took away, because there are no coincidences in life and that's why we need to see the signs. Although sometimes, as I said, we're just a klutz like I fell this morning. So that's what I took away from, I, I took away so much from this experience. I'm still taking things away um, and trying to find the good and the meaning and the positive. Um, and, you know, for those of you that are fortunate enough to have both parents alive, it's, it's, it's the greatest gift in the world. And as inevitable as it is that, that, you know, there will come a time when they're not in your life anymore, in a way nothing can prepare you for it. Um, the best thing is to have a support structure, community, family, um, and make sure that you've been able to, you know, that you won't have any of those regrets. There always will be. Remember, Dan Pink said, regrets are part of life. But there are certain regrets. I should have gone. I should have, you know, gone on that trip. I should have called them more. Sure, you could have called them more. But but in that moment, I mean, my last words, my last text with my mother was about hotel accommodation. Couldn't couldn't be more banal or ridiculous. I couldn't stay at the house um, because her carer was in the house in my room, so I was looking to check into a hotel. And um, Shadows Pub, I'm going to get to your point because uh, you're absolutely spot on, absolutely spot on. Um, so, yeah, let me, let me address it now. Um, I did. We were there in December. We were there in December, my wife and three kids, and my sister and her husband and their two kids and my brother and, and his wife and their two kids. And we were all together. And we had these two magnificent photo shoots. Um, and my mom said, this is the happiest I've been in three years. And actually, you know, that was the moment. So there was no formal, official, ceremonial goodbye all the things I didn't say, all the things I wish I'd said, all the things I could have said, all the things I didn't say, all the things I'm sorry I said, instead of the ceremony, and then she was very ceremonial, we all are in our family, um, there was this moment of just pure goodness and, and unity 
And that was the theme, unity. My brother, my sister, and myself together, dealing with it. It's very difficult suddenly when there's no parent around to ask. Half the time, I found myself just going, what would she say? Let me go ask her, oh, I can't. Let me go tell her, oh, I can't. Times when I always had little pockets, moments between meetings or, you know, in the car, I would call her. Those little just moments, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. And and that takes getting used to. There are some, there was also a lot of uh, smiles and laughter and um, so many amazing moments. She would say things like, stop right there. And the driver taking me home from the airport, I was, uh, I was talking to my wife and I was talking about a conversation and I said, stop right there. And he slammed the brakes, almost had an accident. Um, it was just like so many moments of, you know, of fond memories. And um, I mean, the craziest part, you'll see it on the show. I'm doing a live show. Hey, Bez, Sydney Finkelstein's on the show today. So are you ready for your uh, are you ready for your debut? I'm waiting. So Sydney Finkelstein, the author of Super Bosses, is on the show today. So I'm going Yeah, today. Oh my goodness. Uh yeah, I'm as ready as could be. What time? 1 1 p.m. It's going to be a live show because I want to, you know, I want to just talk about coming back and talk about my mom um and uh, and one of the things that you're gonna see on the show behind me is we had a pet cat called smudge um not a very creative name because the cat was fairly smudged it looked like and uh like you know and um she i guess got a rock painted to look like smudge kind of curled up and it sat on a little cushion and uh, with the permission of my brother and sister, um, they said I could take it back with me. Now, this, this rock, because I weighed it when I got home, weighs 11.8 pounds. Not a light rock. And it was in my little backpack, which I'm telling you, I'm having massive back pains now because I had to lug this thing, um, you know, the, <laughs> I had to lug this thing from Cape Town to London, London connection to New York, New York to back home. I got stopped by security both times, like obviously, because they. what is this massive, dense thing? In the first time in South Africa, they, they, they thought it was maybe a weapon, didn't want me to take it. And then I was a little bit more savvier in London, and, and their security is much stricter, stricter even than New York, I feel. And I just said, uh, I said, oh, uh, my backpack, uh, there's a pet rock in there or my rock pet. Or I said, it's a rock painted like a cat. And they were like surprisingly very, very um, sympathetic. They actually moved my bag all the way to the front um, and uh, let me take it out as opposed to them taking it out. So t- today and for the rest of the shows, you will see um, a rock behind me, a massive rock smudge the cat, my my mother's cat, our cat, but eventually my mother's cat behind me, um, 11.8 pounds. Um, and uh, that will make she, uh, he, sorry, Smudge was a he, he will make his debut on uh, on Sid- Sidney Finkelstein's uh, uh, episode of my show. 
and uh, we're going to talk about, uh, he's actually written two books, by the way. He wrote another book, which I think is even more interesting. It's called Why Smart Executives Fail. And then his other book, of course, is Super Bosses, How Exceptional Leaders Master the Flow of Talent. Um, so I like the second book. I mean, the well, the book we're not talking about, but we'll talk about it too. Why do smart people make dumb decisions? If you can answer that question, you can probably answer anything in life. Because, again, it's very dumb to assume that people are dumb. It's very easy to underestimate people. It's very easy to write people off. But we are generally not dumb. We're generally quite smart. Whether we're book smarts or street smarts or a little bit of both, so why do we make dumb decisions? I guess that's going to be my question for him. Uh, Bez, can you make it today? Yes, I can. Absolutely. All right. Um, so you're, you're going to be. Tell me. You're going to be a, a guest interviewer today. All right. Good. I'll have, I'll be prepared. And um, no, I'm uh, one o'clock. That's perfect. Looking forward to it. Actually. I will send you I will send you the links everyone um and you know it will be a celebration of my mom's life um and um and and on with the show and you know she would have loved uh I'm sure Sydney today um just saying uh, hello to uh Praxim as well uh Shadows Pub says you'll find yourself thinking to call her for months or more I was over a year before I stopped thinking I should call dad to share something with him yeah it's it's uh and sometimes and sometimes i think it's okay just to talk to them sometimes i think it's fine you know in those in those quiet moments just to i did that i found myself in the first week after a funeral just kind of just saying hi to her in the morning um and it actually felt quite comfort it felt quite comforting to call out to her um but you know, realizing that she she may very well respond, but just in different ways, in in very spiritual ways, um, in ways that connect all of us, regardless of our religion, and even if we have no religion, um, you know, whether whether we just talk about spirituality or energy or um, you know connection, um, it's definitely life is life is much. Life is much more comforting and less lonely when you have meaning, when you can find meaning, as opposed to saying there is no meaning, there is nothing that happens, there's nothing that comes next. It's just a, a black void. You just go to sleep permanently. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of scary, that thought. Um, and it's, it's, you know, in this book that I was reading, and I'm still reading it, um, it's, it's this thing, you know, the concept of, and after life and life after death and reincarnation, all of this, there is, you know, it's, there's no proof, but there is irrefutable belief for the most part. And I love that idea, you know, because it's one of those things where if we knew, we would not act the same way. Our free choice would be taken away. If we knew for a fact that there was heaven and hell, 
if we knew there was an afterlife, if we knew, if we knew, then then what would we be living for in many respects? Where's where's you know where's the where's the surprise, pleasant or otherwise? You know, some things are just better left not said or heard or understood or believed. Um, good morning, Dan and 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 Tim and Billy. Um, you know, we we never got to this with my brother and sister, but but a couple of times we were trying to say, you know, like what would you say to her if she was here right now, or what would she say to you, to us if she was here right now? We never completed that. I wanted to, but we just, you know, whatever, just never got to the point. Part of it is we we you know, I mean, we could say what we would say to her. Um, sure, you can answer that part of it. Um, but sometimes, you know, just leaving something unsaid is the best thing in the world. It just puts everything in perspective as well. We need it. We need it in life. We need that uncertainty. By the way, Billy, I haven't even logged in. I don't. I, I don't even. Now I'm definitely doing this two nine zero two nine. But I don't even know if I'm behind, ahead, on schedule, behind, like. When do I start training? So I've got to find some time. I got so much to do now, you know. Besides all the estate stuff and you know and and, and all of that, I'm actually leaving next Thursday, and now going back to South Africa for what would have been, what still is going to be the one bat mitzvah. Now my sister, who had to cancel hers because obviously my mom's passing. Uh, hers is now a week later. So now suddenly just, you know, just when my back is probably going to be a little, feeling a little bit better from, you know, sleeping so many nights, you know, on planes, upright on planes to lugging smudge back uh, to the US, um, I'm going to be back on planes again and uh, and complete these uh, these celebrations, you know, because they are, they will be now dual. One will be the celebration of my mother's life, you know, living on through her grandchildren, living on through her children, um, but also just this ability to to keep on, to keep moving on. Um, I really hope that this, you know, today I have the opportunity to share with you, um, but there are going to be times when you're going to want to share with us and we'll be here for you um, to be able to have these conversations and um, and give you the ability, the catharsis, if you, it, or the release, if that's what you need. Um, you know, I was saying to, I think, my son the other day, it's like if someone says, you know, should I swear, like in a presentation, you probably shouldn't. It's like whenever we have to ask something, um, we probably shouldn't. And like my interpretation here is you never, like, I didn't know how much I would share or not share today. It just felt natural to share. It wasn't like an obligation. Um, I must say, I could have just started today and said, okay, today we're going to talk about, uh, I don't know, the price of crypto, which suddenly seems meaningless um, when you put everything in perspective. Um, but as I said, to me, this has been, this is a catharsis too. It is a bit of therapy the ability to articulate. And and I might not even articulate um, 
in a different like this has become a very natural opportunity for me to talk but i also want you all to know that you can talk too if you need to um if and when you want to we will be here for you and you know one of the biggest things that i've had to like think about even this week is what changes now and what doesn't what direction do i change direction do i you know do i stop the collective cafe no do i stop joseph jaffe's not famous no do i stop alpha collective i don't think so why would i but other things have changed like getting this book out forever changed because suddenly now that book is even more relevant because my mother's all over it do you want it now when i'm gone you know now suddenly now suddenly this this um this book is this is the book that i wanted her to read and and i'm sorry she didn't i was going to you know i was just going to send her the i was just going to send her the um the the kind of files and the manuscript but maybe she wasn't meant to read it but this book will really be a dedication to her as opposed to dedicated to i dedicated all of my books to her and i dedicated all my books to my wife and kids but this book will be a dedication to her funnily enough you all remember the story of katie you all remember the story of katie the 7 year old every morning who woke up and said daddy is today the day i'm going to die not today katie not today and so they went and just lived their life and i actually spoke about katie one of the days after prayers at my house and live every day like it's your only day live every day like it's your last day this is the secret to life this is the secret to life and every and every night when we go to bed we should ask ourselves did we live today like it was our last day like it was our only day most of the time almost all the time we're probably going to say no because how can we that's a lot of pressure but there's going to be one moment in the day maybe it was this session this morning there's going to be one moment in the day where there was something a spark something original something new something inspirational a time when you helped someone a time when you smiled a time when you inspired or inspired others those are the moments that count especially when you add them all up those are the moments when you when you i mean let me tell you something that there is only there is only one word that matters and that is time it's all about time it's all about time we never have enough of it we'll never have enough of it that's the key you will never have enough of it so how will you use it how will you how will you find the time to actualize yourself to make the most of the moments that count and at the same time switch off and pamper yourself have a mani pedi 
climb a mountain. Watch your, you know, watch your football team. We had a, a bit of a, a, another kind of bit of humor was, you know, during, during the week of, of, of Shiva, you will notice I didn't, it wasn't no business, you know, just switch off. And, uh, and one of the questions I said was, uh, my team Tottenham Hotspur was playing. It was like the second last night. And I went and I actually sat on my mother's lazy boy, the, the, basically the chair that she was a uh, prisoner, imprisoned by. Eventually she couldn't walk anymore. But at one point then she was on a walk. And before that, she was on that, that chair, you know, morning, noon, and night. Um, and I put up the legs I had a, a glass of scotch and I watched Spurs play. And they won, which actually is a miracle in of itself. Um, but one of my jokes was I said to the rabbi, is that okay to watch Tottenham Hotspur during Shiva? And he said, yes, it was fine because that's considered mourning. That's how bad the season's been. But it was just great to be connected in that way, to sit on the chair. you know, And, that, and that's another thing as well. You know, you just all these like, taboos and whatever like I went and sat on a chair I went into a room I sat on a bed I you know I didn't want to um make it too you know I don't know it just it, it was just part of moving on as opposed to worshiping the empty chair or revering the empty chair or crying over the empty chair the best thing to do when a chair is empty is to sit in it that's what it's there for. It's a chair. So sit in the chair and enjoy the chair. And actually by sitting in the chair, you continue to give that chair value, that inanimate object, some value. And there is a connection now to the person that sat in that chair before you. And so that's what sitting in the chair meant. It was honoring her by actually having a little bit of empathy for that poor lonely chair that suddenly didn't have a purpose anymore. So if I wasn't forever changed before <laughs> the 17th of January, I am now again and, um, you know, and determined to, you know, to, to make the most of my time and our, our time, I say collectively our time, in the collective cafe, you know, in this world, connecting with one another. And I think it's possible. I think it's possible to actually live a, a life of meaning and honor and respect and kindness and generosity and still make money. I think it's possible to, to be good and to do good. To actually not be an arsehole. I say I think it's possible, but it should be. I think it's possible just to be a good person. And and that's what I'm going to try and do. As I said, hey Sharon, I'm not perfect. I never will be. But I am going to try my best um, to, you know, honor her legacy by 
by creating relationships. You know, uh, another joke I had was, you know, when you go to a, a wedding and they say, are you with the bride or the groom? Well, at my mother's funeral, it was like, are you with the, are you with the family or are you with the vendors? I mean, it wasn't exactly that. That's just a little bit of uh, editorial license. But, but we got a flower delivery, a magnificent bunch of flowers from Caroline's Flowers. That's, that's the, uh, the florist. I've been in there many times with her and by myself as well. I've bought her flowers from there. Um, and my brother was holding it and he said, see who the card's from. The card was from Caroline. The card was from, the flowers were from Caroline's flowers. It wasn't just saying thanks for giving us all this business because that wasn't my, that, that wasn't the essence of my mother. The essence of my mother was that she made friends. Everything was personal. Everything was a relationship. She would take the time to understand and, and get to know you and your story and your life and how she could help. It was personal. Everything is personal. Everything is personal. When they say it's not, it's not personal, it's business. So that's not true with my mother. It is personal because it's business. It is personal and it is business. Of course it's personal. Business is personal. If you do it well with integrity and with honor, you put food on your table. You put food on other people's table, tables. You know, this is why when you find a company that doesn't lay off people, it's so admirable because there's more to life than just profits. Of course it's personal. I learned that from my mother. It's very personal. You know, Bez, today when we talked to Sydney, same thing. Can ask him, is it personal to super bosses, the relationships they form? How does he feel about the, you know, that line, it's not personal, it's just business? <laughs> I think, uh, when, think when you read, well, I think when you read the book, um, they talk about how super bosses pour their everything into the apprentice or pro So I don't think it's just um, business. I think it is personal. So that that's my two cents, but I'll definitely ask. I think that's a great observation, uh, Joseph. So, no, it's uh, got to be more than that when you pour your, what they called your everything into somebody it's not just business i mean <clears throat> because they do go on and they move outside of the you know the pro, the apprentice from um, from the what do you call them the the master jedi or the jedi master right you know they move on and they're celebrated in that um getting to the next level because the the network of the master expanse, right? Um, they go on, move on, they move out, and they do great things. I mean, um, Michael Kors, you know, was spawned by Ralph Lauren. Could he have been Michael Kors? 
wars under Ralph Lauren? Probably not. He had to go out on his own, right? That's a great point. Yes, great point. Well, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to it's going to be interesting today at 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 one p.m. and um, you know, as I said, like going going back to even these questions about authentic voice, um, you know, like even being able to talk about um, family, right? Talk about religion. Talk about loss. Uh, a year ago or maybe three years ago or five years ago, 10 years ago, I don't know that I would have been as comfortable to be able to even say the things I did today, the way I said them, but this is me. And I feel comfortable also because I'm in a comforting environment with people that I feel comforted by. And, you know, I think that, you know, just like everything, it's weird. It's, Discussing community, discussing Web3, discussing my mother, discussing super bosses. It's all actually just the same thing, right? What's, what's the connection? The connection is relationships. Some relationships are strange. Some are mendable. Some are hearts have been hardened. I mean, well, however you look at it, it's just about building relationships with people. We say a lot in business, like I'll say my friend. I'll refer to people as my friend. Um, in a business context. And they're not really my friends. I mean, I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. I probably, they're probably at least half of them I, I probably haven't even met before. I probably don't even know who they are. LinkedIn is even worse. Um, should I not call them my friends? I mean, Facebook calls them my friends. Facebook says, you know, at one point, I used to say in my presentations, you know, like Facebook was telling us to to like people even if we loved them. So Facebook was actually inadvertently telling us to downgrade loves to likes. So, but on the flip side, I do love the idea of the, the, of using the word friend. Maybe we shouldn't overuse it or abuse it or um, diminish it, um, but that's what we should be striving for. I always said this, actually one of the things that I said, um, you know, when I was going to write The Power Within, that was the, the placeholder for my first book, which I never wrote. I started writing it back in 19, I'll tell you exactly when, 1999, I started writing it. I remember sitting in Starbucks near DMB and B, 52nd, 53rd and 7th Avenue or 53rd and Broadway. And um, I remember the subhead of the book is because if you take employees out the equation, you have no equation. Um, but I said in the book, the only things I remember, the main thing I remember is it's not good enough to, to respect people you work with professionally. You have to like them personally. I remember saying that because you spend more time with the people that you work with. Hell, Bez, I probably spend more time with you than I do sometimes with my own family. So it's not good enough. It's not enough, I should say, just to respect them, if the, especially if they're assholes. If you've got a mean boss or a, you know, this comes down to even the whole Steve Jobs conversation. Was it, you know, should it have been enough? Should we have accept, accepted the fact that he was such a visionary and incredible person and maybe wasn't the nicest person, but, you know, that, that comes with a, terri a territory, 
That's sometimes the price you pay. That's collateral damage when you're dealing with a visionary or a genius. You know, what do they say? You, what's a, this? You can't something without breaking. What's that saying? You can't do something without breaking a few eggs or something. You can't make a cake without breaking a few eggs. But on the flip side, why? Why do we accept that? Why do we accept that as being the price of entry, the anti-up? Why not actually just be a good person and be a great leader or a good person and a visionary? Why not? Bez, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to go back to the uh, thought about friends. And um, I, um, you know, my my wife struggles with, how could you have almost 5,000 friends on Facebook? Uh, you know, and I'm like, uh, do you know them all? And then she, you know, during the pandemic, she she would talk fun at me saying uh, that my internet friends were my imaginary friends, you know. <laughs> and then um, I was one day I was looking back at my Gallup, uh, you know, when I took the Strength Finders, and um, I, I uh, one of my strengths is I'm I'm a woo, you know, and and woo people think oh woo woo no it's no. Wu actually stands for um, winning others over. So um, it, it said, um, it's put characteristics and they said, look, you know, that um, I'm, you know, for me working the room and going from person to person and um, sort of, um, you know, getting to know them uh, is, is um, good enough. And then I'm on to the next. And, um, it said that um, um, I have the mentality that everyone is a, a friend. There's just people I haven't met yet. So um, I guess everyone can be a friend. You just haven't met them yet. I, I mean, I love that idea, you know, and uh, I mean, it even comes back to this idea of thinking about growing audience and community, right? There are all these people in the world um, that are dying to meet you. They just don't know who you are yet. You know, if you think about it, I, I look at it um, a different way as well. Like I look at the the people that are here right now. There's a reason that you're here right now. Um, and And in some cases, there's real family. And in some cases, there is a community. Um, and in other cases, there are people that, that stumbled in here that maybe had an interaction with me three, three weeks ago or three years ago. But this is the proof of, this is what I call, it's not just proof of concept, this is proof of life. If there are nine people here, there could be 90. If there are 90 people here, there could be 900, 900 friends. Why not? Maybe we need to move the model from a thousand true fans to a thousand true friends. Maybe that's what we should be moving towards. Maybe that's the missing link with Web3. Instead of going from fans, friends, and followers, quantity in Web2, it's about friends, real friends. And what is a real friend? I mean, that's a conversation we can have for another day. Uh, I, th I think, I mean, having a thousand true friends like at a deep level might be a little bit hard giving time constraints, you know, and, you know, 
you know, if, if you've got to work, let's say at least eight hours a day and, and then you have to go make time for your family and uh, then you've got to make time for your friends. How, how deep could you really go with a thousand people? So, you know, to my wife's argument, I go, no, I don't, you know, not like friends, friends, like deep friends with all 4,000 and whatever, you know, but, you know, there's probably a hand, there is a handful of them that, um, you know, I'm pretty deep friends with. And, and, and I, uh, my comment to her was, and I'll add to that throughout my lifetime, you know, as time permits. Right. So, you know, even in the last uh, year or two, you know, there's people here, you know, here I'm next to you and you made the comment and, and, and that, and that makes me laugh because, you know, at times that will be true, you know, like, you know, we spend more time with each other, you know, there's uh, people in the audience that I've picked up the phone, talked to, and I feel a connection with, you know, and, um, uh, as time goes on, maybe that connection will deepen. Right. And, uh, and that's okay. And, and maybe it won't. And, and, and that's okay too. We can still be, uh, you know, friends from afar or friends at a certain level, um, all, all that is good, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't have time to go deep with everybody. And um, that's okay. But maybe some people can develop friends with a thousand people. I don't know. I mean, that love to see that in action. Um, uh, well, maybe, yeah. The, the, I mean, there's the concept of of time again. But yeah, I mean, to... In the literal sense of the world, of the word Freudian, in the literal sense of the word, when we think about friends and a per, and on a personal, uh, on a personal level, I mean, I they say if you can count your friends on one hand, you are a rich, rich human, a rich person. You know, if you can even count one true friend, your best friend on one finger, two fingers, you are the luckiest person in the world. So, I mean, that's exhibit A, right? If we are triangulating, that's exhibit A. This idea of your virtual friends, right? Your It's a different kind of a friendship. It's the kind of friendship where, you know, if I was in the Netherlands, would I uh, go and have sushi with Lubna? The answer would be 100%. Uh, it would be, um, you know, the fact that, that when I saw Billy struggling and not struggling, but just challenging himself and dealing with his emotions, climbing, uh, Stratton, um, I said, I'm, I'm doing this with you. I'm going to be there with you. Um, we're going to do parallel playing in the end. Um, but it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's friendship on different levels. And, and I think we should, allow ourselves the ability to be a little bit more open and vulnerable um, to be able to call people friend, but also not to use the word so superficially and frivolously. Um, You know, we always say, you've heard my definition, right? A community is a bunch of strangers who care about each other a little bit more than they should. Maybe we need to change that to a community is a bunch of friends um, that care about each other. That's another, there is a continuum. It's a journey. Life is a journey. You know, everything is a journey. And if you really do believe that saying, which is success is a journey, not a destination, then that's how we use our time. That's how we make the most of our time, the time we have. So even when our time is cut short, suddenly 
or otherwise, um, we can we can be at peace, and the people around us can be at peace, um, as opposed to the the perfect ending, the perfect conclusion. Maybe that's why the perfect Hollywood movie doesn't end with a Hollywood ending. It can end sometimes open-ended. It can end ambiguous. Remember the ending of The Sopranos? Um, completely unsettling and unsatisfying, but that is life. That is life. And, um, and it's not perfect. And in its imperfection, it is perfect. So it's good to be back, everyone. It's 9, it's 9 a.m., uh, I will get this show up in the next 10 or 15 minutes. I've got to remember everything to do now because suddenly it's like I'm out of routine. Um, and then I've got the live show at one with Sydney. Uh, Bez, I will, uh, I've, I've put the link in the, in the back chat um, for the live show. Um, but uh, Bez, I'll send you the, the StreamYard link as well. Uh, Lubna, there is research that says you can be connected to only about the law of 150 is is a powerful law. We we should spend an entire session talking about that and studying that. And uh, I'm I'm very very fascinated uh, by this whole idea. It's been discussed many times actually um, on 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 the show as well. Um, and uh, and Shadows Pub said my husband thought everything was his friend. Uh, then when he was dying, he discovered who actually was Actions Count. Wow, okay, I just found out a lot about you in a very, very short period of time. Um, you know that you have a um, you have an outlet here as well. And, um, you know, so I just wanted to acknowledge you um, today. Um, so see you tomorrow. Tuesday is another day. And... Um, we keep building together. We build with, with meaning. Uh, we build with care, with empathy, with consideration. Um, and, you know, I've always said that not one collective cafe has ever taken place where I didn't learn something, where I didn't gain something, where I wasn't inspired. Um, you know, today when I live, did I live today like it was my last day? Well, I hope not, even though I had the fall this morning. Did I live today like it was my only day? I can't say because it's only 9 a.m. But I can tell you that I got off, I got it off on the front foot, even though I twisted it, <laughs> but in the best possible way. So thank you to all of you for being here and showing up. Uh, Bez, uh, last word is yours. Uh, no, I just wanted to say, uh, what can I share on social media? Do you have something um some stuff I can share, or is it that link that has his picture? That's what I can share on social media. There are some show notes, uh, or uh, there's a little bit of a blurb in the actual YouTube description. So go ahead, okay. And go ahead and share whatever you want, and we'll see you. Share that link, okay? Share all it. Right. We'll see you all a little later, or tomorrow. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. We'll see you later. Bye, everyone. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com.
We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.